Welcome to Costly Conversations. Thank you so much for joining us. I have the one and only Talon side with us today. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just excited to be here. Excited to chat, man. It's been a while. Yes, sir. Man, what was it, back in uh, November over at Epic Shoot? We linked yeah, up. Yeah, like early November, I think last year. Yeah, man. Well, I definitely uh, appreciate the conversation. Um, it, it's interesting because you're somebody that when I was first getting into firearms, I watched. So it's kind of interesting that you get to meet the people that you've you've come to admire in the space and you're kind of watching your journey from kind of getting started in firearms to getting the deals and sponsorships to um, creating a limited edition Talon Sai. Was it a Glock 43? Am I right? Yeah, we did a 43X and just 43X. recently a 19. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do want to talk about that because that is that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. So all that and, you know, just being somebody who's watched you, I have a ton of questions and um, I'm guessing there's going to be some people who, who do want to hear from you, being that you've kind of kind of been living the dream, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm down to answer whatever you got. Man. Yeah, man. So, I mean, if, uh, if we just want to kind of start at the beginning, like how did you even get started in this thing, man? I started making YouTube videos back. I think I'm on my sixth year on YouTube now, uh, full time for about three years. And I was just consuming a ton of YouTube. I was an IT consultant at the time, traveling around city to city. And I was consuming so much YouTube, I already knew how to run a camera. So I was like, I'm going to buy a point and shoot camera. I just got like a little, actually, I still got it on my shelf over here in my office. Bought a camera, bought a computer, and I just started vlogging like, exploring the cities that I was in, hanging out with friends, partying. And then it slowly evolved into, instead of getting into one specific niche, like just firearms, I covered whatever I was into, electric skateboards, vehicles, uh, some tech reviews and stuff like that. And it just started growing slowly until you get that snowball rolling. And then next thing you know, uh, three years into it, I decided to quit my job and do it full time. So I've been doing it full time ever since. Yeah, it's almost it's it's interesting because there's a lot of dudes who get on YouTube and they try and they have a channel for years and years and years and it really doesn't go anywhere. Um, in, in a sense, you're like kind of like um, a figurative like one percenter, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, like, how, how does that feel, bro? Like, you made it. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of unreal. Like when I take a step back and just like look at what I've been able to do over the past five years or so. Like, I never planned on doing it full time. I never planned mm -hmm. on. I didn't even know you could really make money doing it like with AdSense initially and then sponsorships and stuff like that. So uh, it's to this day, it's still a learning experience. There's so much to learn and you always have to be adapting to changes. And uh, I'm just super thankful that I have an audience that is into all the stuff that I'm into. And yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Yeah, so just to just to recap for maybe those who are being introduced to you, Tyler and Sai for the first time, you know, from I know you pretty pretty well. I, I feel like, you know, just with with minor celebrities, influencers, YouTubers and whatnot, you feel like you can get to know them, you feel like you see their personality. Um yeah. and I'm I'm sure there's a certain amount of that that you have to kind of like clean up and put forth on on the camera. But how much of that how much of that is you? And um just let's talk about you a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I was in the same position as you, like I, I looked up to a lot of different, like bigger YouTube channels and then I got to meet them in person. And 
I would say a majority of people are pretty similar off camera as they are on camera. And I think you even mentioned that when we first met at that shoot down in Georgia, um, I put so much of my life out on the internet, just like random stuff, everything that I do. So a lot of people who watch that stuff, they feel like they know me when they meet me. And like, I don't play a persona on the internet. I'm just like, what you see is what you get. So yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's interesting when you come across people like that, because, um, I mean, if you watch any of my videos, like it's basically cut and dry, pretty simple. Like what you see is what you get. So, um, if you watch anything, you already know who I am. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that's, um, I, I think there, there's some real realness there. Just even in my own situation, making videos, starting to make a, a bigger variety of videos. It's like, how much of this, how much of the persona do you really want to put on? How, like how cool is too cool and how, how much of it is really you? And, yeah, yeah. I think I think putting on a persona would be like draining. Like I couldn't keep up with that. I have met other creators out there who like turn it on for the camera, and they're like very different than when you meet them in person. And that to me would just be draining. Like when I turn my camera on, I'm as real as it gets. Like it. I don't know. I don't know how people do that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I feel like I, I suppose people have like different gears and they can just kind of like crank it up to 100. Um, yeah. I can name a few people, but I, I'll leave that for another day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, let's let's not start fights. Um, but let's let's talk about you a little bit, because I know you said, yeah, you, you got into firearms. You got you were doing travel vlogging and vlogging mm -hmm. at first and you got, into, got into the firearm space, got into um some of the adventure recreation outdoor space and that's kind of where you live now yeah yeah definitely more in that space just because of all the changes that youtube has gone through but i initially got into firearms just because i grew up in a pretty big hunting family so i was hunting uh in eastern pennsylvania from basically as soon as i could get my hunter safety course and get everything that i needed to hunt and then i didn't i wasn't like super interested in guns until i could start buying handguns so when i turned 21 i went out bought my first handgun and that's still some of my favorite stuff to shoot today i mean i love all guns but i really enjoy shooting handguns and pistols so early on in my channel i did like an about me it was one of the probably the first five videos that i posted and i was just going like rattling off my hobbies like i'm into abc xyz and then in that video i mentioned i was like i'm into firearms but i don't know who would even watch gun videos and stuff like that like i knew there were some gun channels out there but it was all like tabletop reviews kind of boring and i was like i could do that stuff but i don't know if anyone would watch that so yeah. eventually when i did start making videos about firearms i put my like my own vlog aspect onto it so I was putting music in my videos. I was doing B-roll and basically like what you think of when you think of gun videos today, that's how a lot of people are doing it because it's just easier to consume. More people will watch it. And I think it caters to an audience that is also outside of the firearms industry. So instead of just like being hardo military police law enforcement like doing everything by the book i take a very laid-back approach to everything and i think i've gotten a ton of people who were never 
exposed to firearms before i think i got a lot of people into it and i mean it shows all the dms comments emails that i get um i'm just happy that my videos have helped people kind of join our side yeah no definitely and i think i think we should all be thankful in a sense but kind of kind of look to look to the model because the way you've done it is I think kind of like an industry standard in a sense, not just for the firearms industry, but for YouTubing and content creation and showing your work. Um, yeah. It's it's kind of a standard. Obviously, you go to different um, genres in social media and things change up a little bit, uh, especially now with the super short form content with Instagram and you know yeah. the TikToks of the world. But definitely... Um, you definitely have influenced me in the way that I, I approach making content and the type of um, shots that I look to get when I'm doing a gun video, per se. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, if it's quality, people people recognize it and people want to emulate it. And I think um, you should be proud of that. But let's talk a little bit about um, Sunday Gun Day kind of, you know, because you did firearm stuff in your stuff and things segment yep. for your show um, on YouTube and then kind of switched over to stuff and things Sunday gun day and then it became its own channel. Yeah. So this is a story we could talk about for like two hours, but for a quick synopsis of everything, um, guns have always been a part of my life. Like I said, I grew up hunting and I've just always been around them. And then once I started taking it on as more of like a hobby, just recreational shooting, um, that's when I started making more videos. So I showed a few firearms in like earlier videos and then people really enjoyed it. So I was like, how about I just make like a segment of my channel where every Sunday I post something about guns, whether it's an actual gun review, ammo, some type of gear, like whatever it may be. I'm just going to focus Sundays are for gun stuff. So I use the term Sunday gun day and it it some of the videos like took off exponentially uh some of my biggest videos early on were gun videos and they're no longer there because let's see i was probably it's probably like a year or two years into uh making videos and having sunday gun day as like a standalone thing on my channel and i got hit by youtube they changed a bunch of policies um, I had some videos up about like how to build polymer 80s and stuff like that. And I understand why they don't want people showing that. So that, that was some of the first stuff that I took down. And then uh, I think it was October. It was right after I went full-time on YouTube. I think it was October of 2018. Um, I woke up one day to an email that said, you're no longer eligible for the partner program, which means I can't monetize my videos which meant I can't make money from YouTube. And also it basically like cuts the head off your channel. So your videos aren't going to be recommended. Uh, the reach just goes down views, comments, engagement overall just completely like falls off. So I had to think real fast. I was like, I could pick at straws and start pulling videos until I figure out what the actual issue is, because obviously YouTube won't tell you like it's this video. All they would have had to say is we we don't like this video take that one down and everything would have been normal but that's not how it works so i decided to take all of the gun stuff 
move it to a channel of its own to sort of future proof my current channel, just town side, and then kind of have that in its own segment. That way, if there are any more issues, it'll just be in that pile as opposed to across everything. So that happened. I deleted like a hundred videos, close to 30 million views worth of videos on my channel. And that was tough, man. Like one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make. Like I was up for 30 million views. Yeah. Like it was a lot of work that I put in. That that must've like just crushed you. Like I said, man, I was up for like probably two, three days straight, just like not being able to sleep, just like racking my brain. Like, is this the right decision? I have no idea. And I was talking to other like fellow creators and no one, it, it was right at the time when like the whole adpocalypse thing on YouTube was happening. So no one had any good options. So I was kind of doing it on my own. Like I'm taking information from a lot of different people, but in the end it was just something that I had to make a decision on myself. So removed all those videos from my main channel, started Sunday gun day, made a video on my main channel saying, Hey, uh, this is the state of things right now. Like I'm to to continue to do this full time. I have to separate stuff or, I'm going to have to go back to work in a normal job and videos are not going to be as frequent. So started Sunday gun day grew pretty well. And then just, I think last year, sometime I got pulled from the partner program again, and I wasn't doing any gun videos or anything on my main channel. My main channel is primary source of income. Sunday gun day channel makes me little to no money. And if anything, I lose money making those videos just because I'm buying guns, ammo, the range time. Like it's, it's so time consuming making gun videos as opposed to the stuff that I'm truly into now is like, um, just outdoor stuff, hiking, Mm -hmm. mountain biking, motorcycles, like that stuff is very easy and little to no money costs going into that. So my main channel got hit again. It was just a fault on YouTube. I got the issue resolved pretty quickly that time. Um, So now I'm just like, things have kind of leveled out and I'm posting three videos a week on my main channel and every other week on Sunday gun day, just to space things out a little bit. That way my life ain't so hectic and I'm not spending tons and tons of money and time and effort on the gun stuff. So so there's no way you can make three videos a week on a main channel and have another video every single Sunday on a second channel, four videos a week. Yeah. So are you doing all the editing yourself or do you outsource that now? Dude, everything is all me right here in my office, like film, edit, do emails, phone calls. I do everything myself start to finish. So the man's a machine. It's a ton of work. <laughs> yeah. I, I've streamlined my editing process uh, over the years of doing it. So I can edit videos pretty dang quick. Um, I actually have a, a ton of editing in front of me right now for some future Sunday Gunday videos. And I'm pretty happy with the balance right now. Um, I don't like the main thing with growing on YouTube is being consistent. Yeah. So when I started making videos, I challenged myself to make one video a week for an entire year, sink or swim. Like I was just going to do that and it ended up paying off and now I'm at a point where I'm posting three videos a week on my main channel, every other on my Sunday Gunday channel. And it's a hell of a lot of work, but it's work that I love to do. Like I, I love editing. I love filming and I'm doing a lot of cool shit while I'm doing all that at the same time. So that's right. it's, it's definitely looked at as like a dream job by a lot of people, but also 
they don't see the desk time and like everything else that goes into it. They see a snippet of a day and they're like, oh, wow, that that's, must be nice. It's so cool to do all that stuff. But, I mean, not not even just to mention uh, going to certain locations, the travel that goes into it. Are you editing while you travel? That kind of crap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I right now I'm talking to you on my just my laptop and I still continue to edit on a laptop just because instead of having like a desk office PC, I got to have everything mobile. So this computer is like my lifeline for everything. This thing breaks right now. I'm driving to the local Best Buy and I'm buying a new one immediately because I need to keep going. You just got to keep it, keep it rolling. Okay. So you started side productions. When was that? Uh, I started that in, uh, at the start of 2020. Why? going into 2021. Um, I started that as sort of like an umbrella company. I was doing everything as a sole proprietor. So this is really getting into like a business side of things. Once sure. you decide to create content full time, it is very much a business. And for a while there, I was just kind of dipping my hands in everything to make money and continue making content. And it got to a point where like, I realized like this is a legit business. I need to basically legitimize it. So I started side productions as like an umbrella company that encompasses everything that I do between all the vehicle stuff, Sunday Gundays in there. Uh, I haven't had my own podcast, have my own podcast. I don't post on it very often because that's another super time consuming thing. But um, yeah, I, I basically just started this company to do, to be the overarching company where I do all of my business through. So I got my emails, I got all my books and accounting and everything set up through it. Um, it just basically streamlines and legitimizes everything that I'm doing. Now I've heard from certain content creators who, uh, especially like the YouTube education guys, I don't know how much you tap in with those guys. I did um, a little bit early on. They, um, at least one of them was kind of complaining that when he goes to the bank for a loan, I think he just recently bought a home, that they looked at his financials and basically laughed at him because he was a YouTuber, even though he was making serious money year after year for the last several years, like he has the receipts, but because of the, the title, like YouTuber, mm -hmm. they didn't take him seriously. Did you run into that issue early on as a, as just a sole proprietor and side production says helped with that or like, what's, what's the deal? Can so, you give us that inside baseball? Yeah. The, the, um, the idea behind side productions was basically to legitimize stuff like along those lines. Um, I, whenever I'm doing something that requires like big financial loans and stuff like that, like, I mean, this house that I'm in, I just, we built this starting last year, moved in over the summer. Um, it was not, I don't want to say it was difficult to do, but I went back and forth with like, we'll call them the, like the loan officer million times like because they they don't understand like I, I i don't i don't say i'm a youtuber i'm basically just saying like i am self-employed and i own my own business and they're like oh what kind of business is it well it's media and marketing it's video production and that is a little bit easier for people to grasp than i'm a youtuber so that was one of the main ideas behind it too um Early on, before I had side productions, one of the biggest purchases that I made was my van, which I lived in for like two and a half years, which I, I still have. Yeah, that was um, a big part of your YouTube was the the van life, the sat van. 
Yeah. Yeah. And still is like, I, I love traveling and that will always be a big part of like my main channel content and buying that was difficult because <laughs> I'll never make a big purchase like that. If I can't, um, pay for a majority of it in cash. Like I, I like to save money. Everyone thinks like seeing what YouTubers do. They're like, Oh, you're so rich and you spend a ton of money. And it's really not like that. Like I'm pretty conservative when it comes to spending money. I was saving to buy a house at the time. So I had a bunch of money saved. And then I decided that I wanted to buy a van and live on the road and explore the country. So when I went to get a loan, rather than paying for it outright in cash, they were asking a million questions. They're like, you can afford this, but how like you, this has to make sense. So I'm sending them all sorts of documents and 1099s and tax information and stuff like that. Um, so it, it was a little bit difficult, but I don't make big purchases like that often. So, um, right. I mean, I've, I haven't seen your Lamborghini video yet, so <laughs> yeah, you won't yeah. see that anytime soon. I'll tell you that. All right. Okay, man. Nice, well, that's, now you have all that you've 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 done some you've done some cool stuff man like it's it's been really cool to watch and here in the the background of like okay getting the van and how much trouble they gave you um that is interesting especially considering you you have a track record you've been doing this mm-hmm. now let's let's talk a little bit about the Let's let's go back for a second because I know you said you you split your YouTube channel into two, um, Sunday Gunday the YouTube channel and then of course the um, Talon Sai YouTube channel where you know you show us all the the cool lifestyle stuff. With the firearms channel splitting off and obviously you're not you don't have the same subscriber count you're not going to get the same views as you were in your heyday. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that killed your relationship with the two A industry? Uh, I don't think it killed my relationship. However, it definitely shifted my own personal focus um, Mm. because I was going through that time where like I was helping out a ton of companies and none of my videos for the longest time were sponsored. So like I I wasn't getting paid like anything for most of those videos. Really? People would send a gun for me to review that I could keep, but one that's not going to change my opinion on what i'm going to say about the gun so if it sucks it sucks and at the same time i was buying guns too just to continue making content um i think it it sort of disconnected me from a lot of people who only consume firearm content and those people i don't really see eye to eye with anyway just because like there's some people that i meet who are straight up gun nuts people would consider me a gun nut and I love firearms, but I love a lot of other things too. Right. And I run across people like this past summer, I've been going to like Overland expos and showing my vehicles and stuff. And I ran into a few different people who were like, Oh yeah. Like I used to watch your videos all the time. I love, I love all the Sunday gun day videos and stuff like that, but I know you don't make that stuff anymore. And I'm like, no, I, I, I continue continually upload. Like I have a full channel dedicated for it. It has like, at the time, I think it had like 175,000 subscribers. I was like, I still do that stuff. That's pretty you, good. I mean, those numbers are pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of people did transfer over, but then there's other people like that who I've met in person who basically look at me like I turned my back on the right. firearm community. Right. They're like, 
taken to the extreme like oh you're liberal now like you don't like i'm like what no man so I'm like liberal yeah like i i still do a ton for the second amendment community uh yeah i mean sh you, you showed general. up to the event i was at i mean clearly you're not going to just show up if you're not into the stuff right like, would right. you come for the free food like come on yeah so i i don't i don't want to say i'm disconnected from the firearms industry there there is some kind of uh i don't want to call it resentment but there are a lot of companies that i helped out early on with no compensation like i'm just like showing their products and things like that and i'm not expecting anything from them but when i went through all of that and i had to move my content somewhere else they kind of like were just like oh that's it he doesn't do gun stuff anymore and that that kind of wow. hurts because yeah um it, it's not every company there's still a lot of companies that i work with now who are super cool they love what i do they love both aspects like my lifestyle channel and then the gun channel too and with the way things in the firearms industry is going there's a lot of companies who like that even more because they're trying to take their brand and, and incorporate more lifestyle stuff into it because of censorship and everything that's going on so I feel like I'm a pretty good asset for them to showcase how a company is not entirely firearm specific and they make other products too or how they can just integrate outside of the firearms world so so since since we're on the topic of firearms as we, as we have been for the duration of this conversation for real let's speak directly to the gun company who maybe you don't see eye to eye with in regards to how they're doing things and their lack of support for you when you were going through what you were going through how would you, if you could change their mind on something or, or help them to see the light, how would you, how would you frame that to them? How would you speak to them? So I'm not one to sell myself to companies. Like I very rarely reach out to companies asking for products for reviews. Um, I, I guess what I would say is that my content is still the same, if not better now that it's in its own specific thing. Like I'll do stuff and say things on my gun related channel that I may not have done quite the same when everything was mixed in just because I'm trying to keep my channel alive, my main channel. So I guess I would just say that like my videos are the same, if not better. And, um, like I said, like I, I bring, I bring something very different to the table. There's a lot of new channels out there who are making great content too, but um, I'm not going to go out of my way to sell myself to a company. Like if you see the value in what I do, cool, let's talk. If not, then that's fine. I'll just let it go to the wayside. Like I don't need to make gun videos. I enjoy it and I still do make videos and I want to make videos, but I'm not going to go out of my way to try to like sell myself to a company if they don't see the value themselves. That's understandable. Now, what would you say to them in regards to how they view content creators in general? Because obviously at one point you were kind of still new to the game. Yeah. Um, so like, what, what would I, what would I say to them to more specifically regarding I know you said a lot of companies didn't sponsor you like at all. Like they would just send you a gun and say like, Hey man, here's a gun. Yeah. Please review it. Maybe. So <laughs> like, I guess is that the, cool? Like 
how would you prefer to be interacted with in regards to if you had to do this whole thing over again? So now, now that I have a company, it legitimizes things even more to a point where like, and I'm sure, you know, anyone who makes videos knows me loading up my vehicle with ammo, guns, products to review, driving to the range, setting up, filming all day, using all that stuff, coming home, offloading the footage, editing, polishing everything, uploading it, and then promoting it to my audience that should require a production fee. Like I don't, I don't pay my bills with free products that people send me. And for the most part, I don't want free product. Like I I've got everything that I like and everything else could burn in a fire and I'm fine with that. So a lot of people, a lot of companies, co companies are getting better at it, I should say. Um, but there are some that think that sending out a brand new gun for review is like doing content creators a favor. And it gets to a point where like, that's not doing me a favor at all. I I'm the one putting time and effort into showcasing this product for a specific outcome. Like if you know my videos, you know, what type of quality content you're going to get. You could very easily send that to a new channel who would gladly accept a gun just to do their own style of content. Um, so I wish more companies would step up to the plate and be like, Hey, I love what you're doing. I'd love to become a sponsor of Sunday gun day. And I'm not talking like, um, like only review, uh, what's a company like Smith and Wesson. Like, I don't want to only review Smith and Wesson stuff because they're a right. sponsor, mm -hmm. but if, and this is completely hypothetical, but if Smith and Wesson was like, Hey, we love what you do. We'd love to become a sponsor. Then maybe, like put an ad spot in the beginning of the video. Hey, this video is brought to you by Smith and Wesson. Uh, it's because of them that I'm able to continue to make these videos. So if you like them, check them out. They got some new stuff coming out, blah, blah, blah. And frame it as like a 60 second ad in the beginning of a video, as opposed to like, oh, I work under this brand now. Right, right. And I, I do know some people just being in the firearms industry per se that have direct relationships like ambassador relationships with companies like Smith and Wesson, which mm -hmm. is it's interesting because you see them pull up with a new gun and you know exactly what they're going to pull out. It's the new Smith and Wesson. So right. it's, it's a little weird with the relationship that people do have. I don't know that I've ever seen a firearms commercial ever. However, I, I lie. I did see Smith and Wesson firearms commercial actually. Yeah, um, they were the first that came to mind because they they're big and they they do a lot of that yeah stuff. yeah. Well, not not to not to keep talking about old, old Smith and Wesson who I've I publicly publicly dogged out before. Um, so hopefully this doesn't Im impact your relationship with them. No, I, I love Smith and Wesson. I, I mean, there, there's very few gun companies that I won't associate with. Well, fair enough. <laughs> um, that said, I are. Are there some sort of is there some sort of law that stops gun companies from advertising on TV or on I guess Probably. on the internet? It's I don't think I've ever seen a YouTube commercial for like Glock, which they don't really need a commercial. No. But I'm just... Yeah, I I don't there like definitely on YouTube. I would say that there's probably some policies in place where like right. YouTube doesn't want like oh new easy bodyguard came out and like you don't like youtube's not going to put that ad on videos for the most part even on tv i'm sure there's some laws that like just don't allow that and that's kind of the world that we live in and 
like you said, I don't know if I've ever seen like an advertisement for any gun company on TV, like ever. I just don't think that was a, a big marketing space. So that should be a huge reason why they want to compensate people like myself and other creators for their time and effort, because that's like primetime marketing. Like, yeah, they can get an ad in recoil magazine and like paper print stuff, but who's going to open up a magazine and be like, Oh, look, this new gun came out. I'm going to go buy that. Like, no, you want real feedback from real people, yeah. especially people like myself. Like, like I said earlier, like people know so much about my life. They know what I like and don't like in firearms. So if I, if your views on firearms line up pretty closely with mine and I say, I like something, then chances are you're going to like it too. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a niche type of marketing, but also I think it's insanely valuable. And yeah, I wish more companies would kind of understand that. Yeah, no, it, it is really interesting to see because I was I was just speaking with a, um, with another um, influencer per se who we were talking about it. We were talking about how at some of these major events, um, not industry events necessarily, but um, like, um, how do you say, like uh, the conferences that you can go through for different associations. Mm-hmm. The age that you see there, the average age, is getting older and older. And it's almost like the 2A generation is dying. And yeah. I'm I'm guessing if someone were to look at your demographics, that your demographics skew a little bit younger than the average Joe Blow gun guy. Yeah, definitely younger than most. Like, that's why when I first started making gun videos, like, gun videos on YouTube were Hickok 45 great dudes love them but like that's a very specific kind of video you want to know everything about a gun you go and watch hickok shoot it and it'll be a 45 minute static shot video and you learn everything you want to learn so when i took you get to see him hit that gong (laughs) yeah as long as you hit the gong um and then when i started doing it like vlog style that's when i i was younger at the time and my demographic definitely skews on the young side of the firearms community so that's why I was able to get a lot of new people into firearms. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely valuable. Like I think when, if a company is releasing a new product and they want to tackle a specific market, there are specific creators out there who are going to get to that market easier than others. If you're releasing a hunting rifle, like don't give it to me. I'll, I'll give my thoughts and opinions on it but i'm not a hardcore hunter like there's definitely people who are long-range precision shooters who would do way better marketing for you than someone like myself so right it's almost like a a waste of marketing money and i wonder and it's been said that the 2a industry space has a hard time hiring good marketing people Um, more or less that's kind of what's been said and it seems like that's true because it's like okay we're going to invest all this money in print which is cool, but who's buying magazines these days? Like for real, like that's what I'm saying. I if mean, you, I'd love to be took, on the front cover, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if you took that thirty thousand dollars that you're getting a full page ad in a magazine for, and divvy that up between product and actually compensating people for their time and effort to create videos, like, dude, that would be huge. And oh yeah. That's where like an, an average person who's listening to this podcast, they they get turned away from that stuff because they're like, oh, uh, again, not not throwing Smith and Wesson under the bus. And maybe it's the blue background that I'm looking at, but we'll just say Smith and Wesson. 
if Smith and Wesson gave Talon this new gun and paid him to make the review, of course he's going to say good things about it. Um, so that's where like the whole shill and all of that negativity comes into play. That's that's a that's a fun word that gets thrown around with for the guys who will get, especially for the guys who get a gun. It's like, hey, you know, they sent me this for review X Y and Z, and it's not a T and E gun, which it sounds like you may have gotten some of those, but that's not the only thing you've received. Yeah, it, it's super situational, like depending on the company that I'm working with and the time that we're working together. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people would get like, so I can say full out, I don't, I don't think I've ever gotten paid for a review on Sunday Gunday, like ever. And you I, feel like maybe you should have, which not, not even that I should have, like if I agreed to it, I agreed to it, but I wish the, I wish a voice like this. I, I, I wish there were companies that would hear something like this and be like, oh yeah, these guys are putting in a ton and ton of time and effort into it. A lot of times like a company will send a gun and then I got to pay for ammo. So I'm shooting a thousand rounds for a video and like, that's all coming out of pocket. So yeah, and we can't um, all be like Coleon sponsored by Nosler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, it, it, it's tough. So yeah, I wish, uh, I wish the whole mindset of like people being shills because they're getting paid to do stuff. Like it's one thing if a company is paying a content creator and they only say good things about it, but there, there are very few reviews where I don't say a single negative thing. Like even right. if it's a gun that I truly love, I'll try to look at it from the bad side and be like, I love this thing through and through, but maybe it's not for everyone. Like if you're this type of shooter, you're probably not going to like it. Or mm -hmm. it, even if it's like a really small, minute detail, like I'll say like, yeah. I don't really care for this, but it's not a deal breaker for me. So I try to keep everything as honest as possible and yeah, it would be nice to be compensated, but that's still not stopping me. I still got a ton of videos on my plate and yeah. uh, hopefully that changes in the future. Cause as soon as companies realize that, then I'll be able to make more content and make better videos, higher production and mm -hmm. do it more frequently. Well, I mean, here's, here's the facts is you do have a burden of responsibility to give your audience who they trust you, right? Like they come to you, they watch your stuff on a weekly basis, two, three times a weekly basis because they like you. They, they, they would like to get to know you. They trust your word, your opinion on stuff, whatever the stuff is. Hey, this board's yeah. good. Okay, good. I'll, I'll, I'll invest my money. And I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've gotten that DM a thousand times. Hey man, just picked up the, the new, uh, this knife. Hey man, I just got the one wheel. Hey man, just got this electric bike. Thanks for the uh, recommendation. It's great. Or I just got this bike. I hate it. I can't believe you recommended it. Yeah, that, I, that must I, suck too. I very rarely get that though, because I'm honest about it. Um, there are a few times where someone will buy something based off of my recommendation and they'll have an issue with it or something. And I'll, I'll definitely hear that. Yeah. But what it comes down to is that my experience with whatever I'm reviewing, whether it's a firearm, a skateboard, whatever it is, like in the moment of me filming that video, it's all cut dry i mean as honest as it could possibly be so um there have been some issues where i would go back and update video descriptions like hey this company i've heard has been screwing over customers and they've run into issues and like these products are no longer as good as they once were when i said good things about it in this video and i try to stay on top of that so i very rarely get people that come 
from that angle, but the other angle, like, Hey, uh, you recommended this knife and I love it. Like that stuff's great. And, and I love to see that in my DMS and emails and comments. That's so good, man. And I, just to reiterate, I a hundred percent agree. It, it's in my own best interest to agree really, but I think just industry standard, if you go out and hire a video guy, uh, at least in my area, you want him to do a day's worth of work. That's a thousand dollars easily. Yeah. Just one guy. Speaking of speaking of it being in your best interest, I think there are a lot of smaller creators that are hurting everyone as a whole because they are doing stuff for free. Hmm. So I I've I had this conversation with someone recently. I forget who it was or what like the whole gist of the story was, but like there is value to creating videos. If companies could make videos themselves that had a specific reach that they were looking for, they would do it. But, um, and, and I'm guilty of this too. Like I'm still doing a lot of videos for free. I mean, all my gun videos basically. However, I am way more selective now with what I do. Like I'm only going to review a gun if it's something I truly want to review. Um, and then like I talked about, like, if I did put my production fee on videos like, Hey, it's going to cost me like a day worth of filming and range time. And then a day worth of editing to then promote it to my audience. Um, I could quote them at a specific price and they'll be like, Oh no, this guy over here will do it for free. So we'll just send it to the guy who will do it for free. That hurts everyone in the long run because that smaller channel that did it for free is eventually going to grow. And they're going to get to a point where it, they're in kind of the position that I am. I'm like, why, why would I do this for free? Why would I work for free? Um, and this is gonna, this is gonna sound like I'm complaining about money and stuff like that. And I'm not at all. Like I'm just I trying mean, to put the information mind, dude, This is costly conversations. The facts of the matter is you have a perspective on a thing. And I think people would do, do well to at least hear you out. So yeah. go ahead. So, so what I'm saying is like smaller creators who are doing stuff for free, I think they should sooner get into the business mentality of like, Hey, I'm providing value and this is the value that I'm putting on it. Um, I actually just, just saw a video on my phone earlier. Someone was talking about, uh, imagine you're going to a nightclub and to get into the club, it's 10 bucks to get in at the door. If you don't pay 10 bucks, you're not going to get in. I feel like people should start doing that with content creation, unless it's something you really want to be associated with. Like there's still companies that I work with just on like a friendly relationship. But if you want to get into that club or if you want to associate your brand with mine, this is the fee. You either get in and we do something together or we don't straight up. So, and that's a hard, hard thing to balance, especially when you do everything yourself. Like I do, like, I really wish I kind of had, uh, manager or like a buffer in be between me and the companies who could negotiate those deals because I don't want to come off as a bad guy saying like, Hey, I'll work with you guys, but here's my production fee. Cause then that company's going to be like, ah, oh, screw that guy. Like he's a dick or whatever. Um, it would be nice to have a buffer in between there to have like a manager say like, Hey, Talon is able to do it, but this is what it's going to cost him in time, effort, travel, like all of that stuff. I mean, just at the end of the day, like you said, if it cost, I mean, talent size a name, you're kind of one of those big boy names. If it costs you money to make a video that you'll probably never really see that money again, you're now you're subsidizing with your main channel for what you could just not make the videos. You could right. just not do it. Like at the end of the day, 
Yeah. Like, and, what, and what are you doing it for passion? And I don't, I, I'm doing it like the gun video specifically. I'm doing it because I am passionate about firearms. I love shooting them. But at the end of the day, like I have some videos on my plate right now that I don't have to post at all, but I'm doing it for the audience because people out there who watch my videos want more. They constantly want more and it's free for them. So I feel like if I do eventually pick up more sponsorships, people who watch that should be stoked on that. It's like, yes, that company is supporting Talon and it's not costing me anything, but they're advertising on his channel. And that's awesome because that allows him to make more videos. Um, I, I did recently start putting like 30 to 60 second ads at the beginning of my videos, especially on Sunday gun day, just because like I said, they cost a lot. Um, and I've gotten little to no negative feedback from it, which has been great. I'm definitely being very selective with like the companies who want right. to advertise there. Like it has to fit with the video. Like I'm not just going to advertise like raid shadow legends because I don't play video games and I'm, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus by saying that, but that is a very huge, uh, YouTube. That's the thing. That That's the thing. Well, I'm, I'm going to just say this. I personally said like, man, Guys, especially to my Patreon supporters and whatnot, like the people who really support, and shout out to you guys, the Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. You guys make this possible. Um, I have been like, guys, help me to never have to hold myself out to raid Shadow Legends because yeah. I don't, I don't want to have to sell mobile games. Like that's not what I'm. I don't care. I don't play mobile games. I'll play Xbox. Like if Xbox wants to sponsor me, like yeah. let's go. But like I don't play raid like i don't i don't do all and, that like, and no no hate to that either because like if, i mean get your money right but yeah that's what i'm saying like if raid came to me with a really big offer it there would there is a number that it would be hard to say no to like hey this doesn't align with me at all but the fact that they want to advertise on my videos and they're giving me money to create more there is a line that they would cross monetary wise where i would be like all right, this video is sponsored by Ray Shadow Legends. So like, <laughs> I love I, it. I'm not going to say that I'm never going to do an ad spot like that, but I would rather not because I feel like it cheapens the content overall. Right. And so, I mean, the point being the advertiser, it has to match. And I've run ads on my videos for smaller, um, specifically black 2A brands, because that's kind of one of the, the young exploding markets. And I really want to be a part of making sure that this new generation of gun owners, the first generation gun owners, mm -hmm. gets a chance to support brands that have them specifically in mind, but also um, just there's a symbiotic relationship there. That's important to me. But it's it it is interesting to see is like man there's the brownells of the world there's the the big daddy unlimiteds who i have small relationship with not anything too serious and the amount of hey we'll pay you for this or and my my channel is very small so i don't expect them to approach me for certain for certain things but it sounds like it doesn't really matter how big you get and, until you're literally hitting, you know, grand thumb numbers or Coleon numbers, like, eh, you might not, they, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, it's a hard, hard balance to find. Like I'm constantly trying to figure out the balance because if a smaller brand approaches me, like I'm not going to expect a whole lot. Um, right, but if, right. a, if a huge brand approaches me, they're like, Hey, we're releasing this new thing. I'm like, cool. Or even if it comes to events, like 
you're inviting me to this event. I'm not paying for my flight to get there and my hotel to cover your event. Like I'm sure it's going to be fun and there's a lot of cool stuff to do. You may be providing food and stuff like that, but I'm not gaining anything from going to that other than, yeah, it was a fun time. Cool event. I got to shoot new things. That's, that's yeah. very appealing to smaller creators. But, uh, I think last year I, I was in the position where I was just saying yes to everything. Cause I was like, I don't want to miss out on any of this stuff. Like they're offering it. I'm going to go this year after doing that for a year, I've really taken a step back and now I'm being super selective with what I say yes to, because I like my own personal time where I can use my time to make money. And if I take a week out of my life to go to this, some event, like SHOT Show as an example, I didn't go to SHOT Show this past year because I didn't see the value of me going. And right. I could spend that time working on other videos that will further progress what I'm trying to get towards. So um, and it's hard. You, you have a great, great point there, um, especially because it's like, okay, for me, it, it is necessary for me to go because I need to create relationships and network and find people in this space. It's it's a business trip. Yeah. And, However, and that, that's a good mindset to be in too, because like early on, if someone invited me, like, yes, you got to go. And like I just said, I was doing them all last year. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to tell you, continue to do that because it's great, man. Like once you make all these connections and you become friends with people at these companies, then you don't need to go. Then it's like, I already know who's going to be there. And like, th that's kind of how I was with SHOT Show. Like I'm right. very connected with everyone who I want to be connected with. And it would be nice to go hang out with people and to like keep those relationships going. But also I'll just pick up the phone and like call someone. It, it is interesting to know, like I have people in my DMs and uh, emails are like, hey, we're going to go to SHOT Show. Are you going? I'm like. Wow, I, I kind of feel like I'm in the in crowd. It's it's kind of a weird feeling um, that company XYZ is shot me an email. Hey guys, we're gonna be at Shot Show. Whether it's a mass email or the direct DM from some somebody's marketing manager. Hey man, I'm gonna be at Shot Show. You you gonna be there, bro? Yeah. Like that's that's cool. However, at there there comes a point, like you said, that those re that kind of has its diminishing returns. Like okay, you might see a cool gun that's like maybe never gonna come out. Yeah, but the content could be your content. Your your audience could be better served by you doing what works. And nobody really wants to watch your shot show video. I'm sorry, Talon. Like it's it's not that big a deal. <laughs> no one wants to watch any shot show video. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> nobody does. Like, it's, it's, it's like it's all the facts. same. You'll you'll yeah. see you'll see the same thing in a million different places, and it's it just gets played out super fast. Yeah, it's 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 not great entertainment for people who aren't literally there. Um, and something that I was thinking about t today, or actually today and yesterday, I was like, man, I'm, a, I'm the type of guy who likes to say yes a lot. Like if someone's like, hey, man, could you do this? I'm like, yeah, sure. I got you, bro. But like I need to tell myself not to feel so bad saying no and, and to tell myself and to tell them when I'm saying no, like I'm not saying no, I don't like you. I'm just saying like I can't commit to doing this well, to doing yes. this to the standard that I would want to while maintaining the other things. Like I, I've just had a, a, another baby, another little girl. Um, oh, congrats, super man. blessed in that regard. Thank you, man. And I just can't commit to the same amount of things that I had two months ago. Like I just can't. <laughs> yeah. And so. that that's where, like, I, I know we keep talking about money, but that's where money comes into play. Cause like what you're doing, like it, it's not your daily thing. Like it, you have to, 
you have to make it make sense for you in the long run. So I'm still struggling with that. Like to this day in two days from now, I'm going to dinner with a pretty large company who I would love to work with, not in the firearms world. So it doesn't really relate to everything, but they keep inviting me uh, and giving me these opportunities to do a lot of this cool stuff. And initially I was just doing it to one, build a relationship with the company and like be cool with them. But after I've done that for a while, I'm at the point now where they keep inviting me to stuff. And I'm like, Hey, listen, I'm giving you guys all this value and I'm not getting anything in return. I'm not being compensated. I'm not even getting like free product or anything like that. So I I have to have that conversation this coming week to say like, Hey, I would love to continue working with you guys and help you out. However, this is a business. Like this isn't just fun for me. This is real life. This is what I do for a living. And I have to make like the correct choices to continue doing it. And that's a super difficult conversation to have. Right. Cause I mean, Talon's a business owner at the end of the day. And so am I in, in a, in a sense, this is a smaller business, but at the end of the day, the balance books, the taxes, it it's all business. And right. at the end of the day, if if we if we're writing off all these business expenses, oh so yeah, I went to I went to Georgia, yeah, we went to Vegas, we went to uh, we went to Croatia for this event for some gun company. Okay, that's cool. But did you make any money? Because you can't write off stuff you never made. Like at the right. end of the day, like and that that's where like it hurts because it's like yeah, I I want to write all this stuff off, but that's what it comes down to is you have to make a return on that investment. Basically. ROI. You, you have to have an ROI to continue doing what you do and continue growing. Man. Well, man, Talon, thank you so much for talking about that. Um, I know we're, we're a little bit over on time. I did want to talk about the, the Glock. Time, man. Well, I appreciate that. Let's talk about the, the new gun that you just dropped and we'll, we'll call it at that. Yeah. So uh, I think June, June of two years ago, um, I was able to create and design almost from the ground up like my own ideal concealed carry gun. Um, years ago, when I first started Sunday Gun Day, I was a customer of a company called Danger Close Armament. They're based out of here where I'm at now, Denver, Colorado. I was a customer of theirs. They did a really sick frame package for me. And then I built Uh, a Glock 19 with a bunch of other parts. And I made a video of that gun literally standing like in my family's house, like in my bedroom at the time. And I was like, this is a gun that I built. This is kind of like at the tipping point where Gucci Glocks like really took off and it was like new and hot. So I was like, I, I had started this build. It took me a while, probably like a year. And I built this gun and that was like my first viral video. A lot of people who know me today have probably seen that video, which is no longer online, but um, it had like eight and a half million views. And because I was just a customer of those companies, Danger Close Armament called me and they're like, Hey man, we saw the video that you made and our phone's ringing off the hooks. Like we'd love to build you another gun because we see the value that you've provided us. And I didn't ask them for anything for free. And I was like, yes, that is how companies should do it. Like you saw what my marketing could do when that, that was an anomaly. Like that doesn't happen very often. So I let them build me another gun and that's how we built a relationship. So 
Um, I love all the work that they do. And I've been working with them basically since then when I was a customer. So fast forward to a point where we have a really good relationship. And I was at the shop one day and I was like, would you guys consider letting me like design my own slide, my own grip and everything. And long story short, it came to fruition as the TS 19 X. So I like the TS 19 or I like the 43 X as a carry gun, just a kind of full size feeling grip, high capacity. Um, or I should say standard capacity. So like Glock 19, if you're running shield mag, so 15 and one red dot ready and I was like, if I could only carry one gun, it's going to be that. And it still is to this day. That was two years ago. I used to rotate carry guns a lot, which I don't recommend unless you train and shoot a lot. But I decided I was like, I've tested a ton of guns. This is my ideal setup. So I napkin sketched out what I wanted the slide to look like, um, weight reductions, ports, serrations, everything. And they 3D rendered it, brought it to life. And we did our own uh, custom stippling and everything. And we put them up for sale. We did, uh, we sold 50 in the first day. And this was like right at the time where COVID was happening. And it was super hard to source like anything. So after the first day, after the video went live, we were like, oh my gosh, we are in way over our heads. Um, We let it run on for like another week or two until we hit a hundred hundred production guns sold and we were like that's it we have to cap it it's going to take the shop like six months to even produce all of these so we individually serialize all of them we had nice custom cases and everything and that is a gun that today people still want me and danger close armament to bring back but it's difficult especially in today's like world with inflation and everything so Mm -hmm. That was the first gun. And then we recently upscaled that for the 19 platform. Uh, We did it soon after. Uh, So I've had a TS-19 for... Well, hold on just a second. So the the previous gun, the one you put out two years ago, the the 43X Talonside edition, um, did you make any money off that gun? Just, I didn't didn't think so because I, I know how much guns cost yeah. and it's way more than than it feels like it should i e- mean even the shop made like hardly anything off of that they made enough money to pay harsh. the employees to do it right but we had long discussions about this going into it he's like uh what like what do you want to make off of this and i was like honestly this is just super cool and it's kind of like a test run so i just want to put them out there Granted, it's a very niche market. Like it's an expensive gun with a lot of like, it's a premium, not a Gucci gun, but uh, Danger Close Armament builds guns for functionality more than anything, which is something that I truly like. So it's a super high performing EDC carry pistol that not a lot of people are going to see the benefits from unless you are putting a lot of rounds down range. And if you can actually benefit from having front forward uh, slide serrations and different texture on the front and rear. Like an average shooter could shoot my signature pistol and a stock 43X almost identical. But the more proficient you become as a shooter, the more you're gonna reap those benefits of having a modified pistol. All right, so, you said that one was ported as well? Uh, no, that was not ported. Not ported. Uh, we, we, um, 
we put windows in the slide, like two mm -hmm. windows up Just front to reduce weight. But yeah, the the barrel was not ported on that. Okay. Um. So yeah, that that was uh, that was a big learning experience for myself and for the guys at DCA. We went into it. I basically said, I don't want to make money off of this because I don't want to drive up the price just to make a couple bucks. Right. I want to make it fair for everyone. And like I said, I don't, I don't know the numbers for sure, but I know DCA didn't make like a ton of money off of selling those guns. If anything, you think that's an industry issue, like overall where companies really aren't making money or do you feel like it really just more specifically your gun wasn't priced competitively enough? So for what it cost, if we would have priced it where we could have made money from it, it would have been a little bit higher. But like I said, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to price gouge people just to make a quick buck. Like I was stoked on doing it because it's something that I designed and it's something that I wanted. Like it's my gun. Yeah. And then DCA was on board with it because um, we didn't know how many we were going to sell and they basically wanted to be a part of it to say, Hey, we build town size gun and it's like a marketing thing for them. Yeah. So we didn't, I, I didn't make any money. I also didn't lose money in any of it. DCA don't, they didn't lose money, but they also didn't make like a ton of money. Like I said, they might've like broke even by the time we were finished shipping the last couple of guns, anyone who ordered them was getting a screaming deal like because the price of everything went way up and we didn't change the prices if you were locked in at that price you were locked in so Dang. people were getting a fully customized 43x with a hard-sided case patches and optic for like two grand which in the scheme like grand scheme of things now that's unheard of like you can't no you can't seriously really get that anymore like you can I would say you can buy a factory gun that's really, really good with some of that stuff or a little less maybe, but yeah. if you want to get something that's like fully custom, you're looking at two and three grand. You're looking at staccato money at that point. So yeah, choose. Exactly. And, and that, that's what makes it hard too, because the more you uh, make something like a Glock more premium, the more it pushes that price point to more premium brands like staccato mm -hmm. and like, uh, wilson like all these really high-end guns and that's where it turns people away too they're like oh why would i buy a two thousand dollar plastic it's just gun? a glock right? yeah it's just a glock and a glock. so it, it's a fine fine line to kind of navigate around i mean um, but you, you move some products man you're officially an arms dealer how do you feel <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty crazy like i, I did not expect that so uh real Fast forward short to the story no, What's go ahead. That? Go ahead. Go ahead. We we uh, we upscaled the forty three design for a nineteen. So now I have a TS nineteen, and yeah. the 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 TS forty three X is like everyday carry gun. The nineteen is sort of a do it all gun. You can carry it, leave it on your nightstand, truck gun. You could use it as a duty gun if you wanted to. Um, so that was kind of the next natural progression for that. Right. But we released that. Um, Two months ago now and it's in a time where prices are even crazier the gun industry like there aren't a ton of people buying guns like there were over the past two years just because of everything going on so it's definitely a harder sell especially for a premium product like that but yeah that that's the venture that we're kind of in now and hopefully we can continue to produce the ts19s hopefully 
uh, well, I should also mention the 43 X's were a limited run. So there's only a hundred of them. We're hoping that the TS 19, we can leave as a legit production pistol now. So you're not going to get all the fancy extras like a custom case and everything, but we want to make them available for whoever wants one wherever down the line. Yeah. And then hopefully we'll bring back the 43 X and maybe even venture into like a full size 17 or something along those lines. Yeah, no, I mean, the 17 would be super cool. I actually got a chance to shoot um, one of my guys, Texas Totem. Hopefully the video's out by the time this drops. Um, we got to shoot his, we got to shoot a few guns, a BNT Mark II. We got to shoot his, I think it was an XE, a Staccato XE, a Archon Type B, and his fully custom Glock 17. It looks kind of like a dragon, ported, yeah. everything. Like, this thing is insane. Like, it breathes fire from the top because yeah, of the ports. Yeah. I'm just like, what is going on? To be honest, like, I, I liked shooting it more than any other gun that he had. The two and $3,000 guns. It's a fully custom Glock 17. It's a Glock. Yeah, that, that's what it comes down to. Like, it, 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 at the end of the day, like, it's a Glock. And I understand why that turns people away. I 100% understand but until you get something like that in your hands, like it, it all comes down to personal preference. Some people are going to like shooting a staccato more than they're going to like shooting a souped up Glock. But also if you're that type of person, like, man, I, I love Glocks. I love all guns, but if I had to choose my platform, it is Glock. And that's just what I trust my life with every day. So. Yeah. Glock is kind of like the Apple of the gun world in, in a sense. Like there's yeah. so many options for it. Apple or Android really, because you can, well, more Apple in the sense that there's, there's an iHome, there's a, this, there's that, there's a cross compatibility with all their products where you can take one magazine from one gun. And it may just run in your gun, like provided that it's similar in kind of the way it's built. Yeah. Um, and just the holster support alone. It's huge. Like, that's that's the first holster that anyone makes is a Glock 19 holster. Right. I mean, they, and the Glock 19 holster is compatible with about four or five other guns. Like anytime you see a 19, it, it's got three or four other um, tags right on it. Just so just so you know that it can run your 34 as well. Yep. 34, 17, mm -hmm. your 19X, your 45, like all mm -hmm. that. It's crazy. But man... Um, Talon, best of luck to everything that you're doing, bro. I'm Thanks. excited to see kind of like the next evolution, what it's going to look like in this next year and, you know, coming years, especially you're getting more and more into the business side and having those serious, costly conversations. And hopefully it's less costly to you and more uh, beneficial, rather. You sitting yeah. down and just being real with people and letting people know what it is. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's the, the money thing is not going to stop me from making gun videos, but if companies do step up to the plate and like follow suit with some of these companies that are doing a good job, then it'll be way easier for me to make more content and do it more frequently too. So I'm hoping that's the case and maybe I'll get back to making a Sunday Gunday video every single week. So hey man, we'll I mean, if, if it makes sense, right? If it makes sense, I'll make it happen. It's a lot of time and effort and stress, but I'll do it, man. <laughs> well, man, bro, thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully the audience can, I was gotten to this point and if you've gotten to this point in the video please make sure you like comment subscribe all the all the fun youtube stuff and if you're listening on podcast of course uh leave a review if it's on apple or send me a dm if you thought this in episode was interesting if you want to hear from guys like talon a little bit more 
bro thank you so much for coming on did you have anything else you needed to get at before we hop off oh man that was it thanks for having me and uh i'll be happy to do this again maybe next year and have hey. something else to report <laughs> hey hey i'm, I'm down bro Sounds thank good. you so much man thanks keep man. it costly bro you too